Feed me more. Feed me more. Feed me more. Welcome back again for episode six of the Footy Feast podcast, the place to tune into if you're hungry for more footy content. Gee, episode six already, lads. How quick has that gone? Uh, it's gone really quick. I'd say about six weeks it's taken to get to episode six. Um, <laughs> if I limited uh, mathematic ability, but um, it's been a good six weeks. How was Queensland, Rick? Yeah, Queensland was good, boys. Um, took it pretty easy. Just did a few touristy things. Had a couple of lazy days. Um, just a little bit of a baby moon just before the baby's born. Now, you were up on the Gold Coast, is that correct? Correct. Did you go to the home of football, Gold Coast Stadium? I have no idea what it's actually called, and watch Gold Coast play. Metricon? No, they weren't playing while we were there. Otherwise, I would have went and had a look. Fair enough. I've always wanted to go there, but I think it would be pretty boring with a shit crowd. Speaking of Gold Coast, uh, we forgot to put in the Rick's Reach Out last week. So, last week while I was in the Gold Coast, I thought I would hit up uh, old mate Jack Lacocious. So, I bumped into him before, had a chat with him, said, Hey, mate, just brought you into my Keeper League team and I'm in the Gold Coast. Would love to catch up and do an interview for the Footy Feast podcast. Hit me up. And what we all want to know is, how did your interview go? No interview. Okay, fair enough, because they weren't playing on the Gold Coast. But obviously, he replied. What did he say on his reply? He said, you're my best friend. Well, there we go. Rick's reach out. Successful, but false alarm, everyone. Rick wishes he said best friend. We are still waiting for a reach out reply. Add him to the list, boys. <laughs> Another one for the list. Uh, last week, we had Jake on the podcast, and Jake and Craig had a bet wager last week. Now, it was to do with the one and only loved by Craig, Jack Graham. For his 2023 fantasy average, Craig bet Jake that he would... Uh, average under 90, and Jake gets the over 90. Now, we're just following up. What was the wager for that bet last week, Craig? There is a nice, juicy pineapple steak. No, it's a pineapple note. $50 Australian. Under new inflation and interest rates, probably $52 that will be worth soon. So, yeah, end of 23, $52 bet. Right, so a pineapple on that wager from last week. There is a pineapple. We bet big on the Footy Feast podcast. We're not that rich, but we bet big anyway. How uh, how confident are you that you're going to win the pineapple? Oh, well, I've already spent it on $50 worth of Jack Graham memorabilia. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. All right. Um, wait, 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 wait. While we're talking about Jake, I just want to give a shout out. So Jake was my proxy and he won the quiz. Therefore, I've won a quiz now, boys. But onto the more important- so Let me just uh, stop you there before you move on to whatever you're saying is more important. You have definitely not won a quiz. Jake's won a quiz. I think Jake's and, won. Uh, you're still- Craig's two. Quizzes. Rick's zero. <laughs> no, he was my proxy. It counts. All right. But more importantly, he was doing such a good job. He gave lots of really good content. But around 55 minutes, he had to go and disrespect the goat, Bailey Smith. That's it. You're banned from the podcast, Jake. You're out. That is time for a nice sound effect from Peter on the- we needed some sort of sound effect there. What was the what was the disrespect on the go? I don't remember him disrespecting the go. No, he did. He talked shit about Bailey Smith, and that doesn't fly around here. We always talk shit about Bailey Smith. You're the only one who talks him up, and you're the only one that says he's the goat. No, I've got uh, footage proof of Craig saying that Bailey Smith's the goat. We'll post it onto the Facebook page. He looks like a goat, maybe not that he is a goat. 
All right, so we're going to move to Tasmanian Timbers, the weekly segment with Craig. Who we got this week for us? Uh, we are going slightly off track this week. I know we've been going through all the the players available for the 2026 season. Um, but this week, I'm just going to look at the under-18 championships are on right now. And there will be a player that in two years' time will be out of contract after his first season with his new team. So you get a two-year contract straight away. Maybe he'll sign a three-year. His name is Lachlan Cowan. He is the captain of the Tasmanian football team. He is averaging about 28 touches and five marks off halfback, um, regularly getting 30 touches against the best teams. Every week in his under-18s game, you'll find him getting 30 touches plus, always on top of the disposal sheet. Very effective disposal off halfback. Would be very similar uh, to a Daniel Rich type, maybe even an Adam Saad. Uh, those kind of rebounders off halfback. And I think that when he gets drafted in the top 20 this year, you would want to sign him to a lucrative contract because I think Tasmania coming in 2026 would be happy to have a 21-year-old former Tasmanian under-18s captain in their team. So the Tasmanian Timbers are just recruiting always, not necessarily out of the players that are in the AFL, but there's always an eye on the future. And he is a Tasmanian name that we really like going forward, I think. Um, so the Tasmanian Timbers this week are recruiting Lachlan Cowan in 2026 to be part of their team. And that's the Tasmanian Timbers for this week. We're not going into the real players. We're just, just checking in on their under-18s with old mate uh, Will Ashcroft there, who we'll talk about later, but not right now, not right now. We'll just do Lachlan Cowan for the Tasmanian Timbers. Beauty, we had the uh, Tasmanian Timbers jersey that Craig created put up on the Facebook page this week. There was some feedback, which was pretty good on it. Um, someone said you could probably add a little bit of brown, but you did say a few weeks ago that that would be on the cards in the future. Yeah, the brown was hard to get in because the green was so dark. So getting green and brown together on the same color palette is very hard, but I'm uh, still working through some designs to see if we can't get browns in, even an uh, alternative Guernsey or a Clash one. Uh, spe- speaking of brown, there was a, suggest- a suggestion during the week that maybe the brown could go on the ends of the jersey around the neck and the um, arms. We own this jersey, not the people, <laughs> all right? Get that right. We'll listen to your advice. We'll make the jersey how we like. We like it how it is. It's strong, it's simple, but I will try and get some brown around the seams and do a mock-up for the Facebook page, but be prepared to be disappointed because the brown is just hard to get the right colour in there with the green. All right, so uh, moving on now. We did we mention the goal songs a few weeks ago, or did we not mention the goal songs? Uh, I think we briefly talked about it. It was a hot topic, and we thought we would do ours, but I don't think we ever got around to it yet. Yeah. So as uh, you're probably obviously all aware, Brisbane Lions have a uh, player goal songs for when they kick a goal. Now they interviewed Charlie Cameron a few weeks ago about his song "Country Roads," um, and he said it's because he liked country music because he grew up with his grandma listening to it. So we Craig had an idea that we should pick our own goal songs if we were players. Now, Craig's going to lead us off with his song. Okay. This song here, I heard a lot, actually, while I was working at Bunnings. It was on the playlist all the damn time, and it got stuck in my head, and now I love it. It's got a good beat. It's got a good vibe, and I think if it builds straight into the chorus after a goal, that the crowd would just get on board. It is Ruby by the Kaiser Chiefs, and it goes something like this. 
and it goes something like that. So I think the Ruby 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 would be fun for the crowd to get around, and it would be saying great with ninety thousand Collingwood fans there, or two thousand Giants fans. Depends who you go for, each to their own. Rick, what have you got for us? All right, so I've just got to give a bit of background history for mine. So people that know me personally would know that. I'm a bit of an instigator, like to talk a bit of shit. So if I was an AFL player, you'd have to think I'd be in between, let's say, a Toby Green and a Jack Ginnivan because I'd be starting fights, I'd be a dirty football player, I'd get in people's faces, I'd give you a hard time. So I've picked a song that goes along with this. So I've picked Kanye West's song, Power. So just for the lyrics, it says, doing it better than anybody you've ever seen, screams from the haters, got a nice ring to it. I guess every superhero needs theme music. Meanwhile, while this is playing, I would be in my defender's face, pushing him, giving him lip, just like Jack Ginnivan. Let's get around it, boys. I'm living in that 21st century, doing something mean to it. Do it better than anybody you ever seen. Do it. Screams from the haters. Got a nice ring to it. I guess every superhero need his theme music. All right. A more aggressive take. I don't mind it. I don't mind it. Everyone has their flavor. Joe Danaher has let it go. So, I mean, hey, each their own. Let it go, Craig. Okay. I'm going to let Peter go now. All right. My song is Legends Are Made, and it goes something like this. I'm stepping in the fade. There is no time to waste. I've got that lightning inside me. This is how legends are made. The song's got a good build-up, um, and I think it would just be good to get the crowd up and going after a goal. I like it. I think this would be fun. So uh, let's see what happens if more clubs adopt this in their... Because uh, I think it would be great to be there when this is happening. Yeah, I agree. We've already talked about like um, the pre-game shows and what clubs do. Brisbane Lions have really nailed this one. Like It's a wicked thing. All clubs should get around it. Who cares if you look like you're copying? It's actually a really good idea. Everyone get around it. Yeah, that pause between goals sucks. Let's make it more fun. I'm on board. I'm just looking at the Brisbane uh, playlist of songs here, and there are some pretty pretty good good songs on the list here. Like Zorko has uh, "I Won't Do What You Tell Me" WWE soundtrack. He That's, does. That would be that would go off. Have you, any of you guys been to a Brisbane home game and heard this at all? No, I have never been to the Gabba in my life. Actually, no, I've never even been to Brisbane. Probably. Pretty much one of the only capitals I haven't been to. Yeah, right. We should uh, maybe we make a footy feast podcast trip and go to a Brisbane game, home game, so In we can. Twenty twenty three. That yeah, does so sound can, fun. So we can listen to this live podcast at the game, boys. <laughs> Any sponsors out there want to jump in? All you got to do is fund a trip to Brisbane for us, and you're in. All right, so twenty twenty three trip next year to Brisbane. All right, now we just uh, Rick was just talking about him. We're going to move on to Jack Ginnivan. Now Craig has apparently got. Is being a bonnet this week about the backlash with Jack Ginnivan. So he's going to go on a bit of a rant, I believe. It is a rant, and I am unhappy. Now, I was at the Crows Collingwood game, which I was very happy that we won in the end. But from the early onset, Jack Ginnivan was unfairly treated. Every higher tackle that he got was a no call. Now, I understand if he raises his arms. But there has to be a point where you're hitting someone in the head repeatedly and it's not okay to not call a high free kick. The definition of a high free kick is getting someone above the shoulders. He has been repeatedly smashed in the head around the shoulders and all I'm hearing is no whistle and boost in the crowd. 
This crowd in Adelaide was full of idiots booing the whole time while I'm sitting there pleading for a free kick for someone who's gone in and got the ball only for the Crows player to come in second, grab him high and get away with it. It's crap. The rule is if you get him high, it's high. Stop making your own rules. Jack Ginevan, get off his case. Start paying him free kicks. I am unhappy. And Wayne Carey said, and a very interesting point, that they were starting to target him high because they knew he wouldn't get free. How many times can you belt someone around the head intentionally before it's called a free kick? It's crap if you ask me. Give the guy a break. I don't always love that he puts his shoulder up, but if he's still getting high, it's high. Pay the free kick. Yeah, you're right. Like, I agree with you. If he is getting hitting, getting hit high, these are the current AFL rules. You deem that a free kick. The problem is my least favorite player of all time is Joel Selwood. He also happens to be the player that has the most free kicks in AFL history. He's learned to bypass the system. Jack Ginevan is the new prototype of this. So he is doing it maliciously in order to get free kicks. But at the same time, he's found a loophole in your rules. You play it. If you don't like it, change the rules for next year. But I completely do agree with Craig on this one. Just on it as well. He has kicked a less than a third of his goals from free kicks. So it's not like, oh, Jack Ginevan's only getting goals from free kicks. No, it's less than a third of his goals. So he is doing it maliciously, but at the same time, he's found a loophole in the rules and he's getting he should get away with it because he's playing fairly. 100% agree. If the if everyone's mad about it, but it's within the rules and he's found a way to exploit that, well, then so be it. You've got to pay it to him. If it's happening, it's happening. You can't just ignore it whether or not it's malicious or intent to get that free kick at all. But if he's getting tackled high, he needs to be awarded the free kicks. Yeah, just one more thing to throw over to you now, Craig. So um, the umpire boss, Dan Richardson, has come out and said, we want to be clear. If the umpire believes the ball carry is responsible for the high contact, they won't be rewarded. What do you think about that? Well, if Dan Richardson wants to come around here and I'll belt him in the head, and then we'll see what he thinks about that, if it's a free kick or not. Not that I would ever condone violence, but... It's, it's not okay to just change the rules on the go. At the end of the year, if you want to review what is a high tackle and what isn't, great. We can look at the rules then and say, if it's an intentional way of getting a free kick, it's not paid a free kick. But right now, it doesn't say anything in the rules about intentionally going high is not a free kick. Going high is a free kick. It's black and white. They need to pay it as it's black and white. End of story. Yeah, I agree. Can't be changing rules mid-year if people are unhappy and it keeps going on this year. Yep, change the rules. I'm about it, though. 100% agree. We can't change the rules during the mid during the season, especially coming to this time of the year, crunch time for finals. Teams are really pushing to make that top eight. You can't be changing the rules like that. Mm, that's a very good point. What if it's a grand final and there's a goal on the line and suddenly he gets a high one, but you're not paying it because you changed the rules? Are you talking about when Luke Shuey deliberately got a high free kick to knock Port out of the finals two years ago? Exactly right. That was an example of the case right there. He deliberately got, and he got the free kick and kicked the goal and won the game for them. So And within the within the realm of the rules as well. Oh, well, so. that's exactly right. That one at the time was fine, but just because Jack does it every week, it's not fine now. Yeah, I agree. I think that they do actually need to change these rules, though. It is a thing that does get manipulated into a situation where you win. But like I said, this year, Jack Ginevan, you're a smart guy. You're getting away with it. You're playing in the rules. Keep doing it, brother. Keep doing it. And like you said, if if you're comparing him to Selwood, why why hasn't this been brought up before? Why haven't they changed the rules for Selwood? Just because one guy's doing it probably probably better and getting him every week in and week out, they're deciding to they don't, they don't like it. It's probably also mainly because of the cry from the crowd as well. Yeah, it's the public that he's come out there and said, yeah, I'm doing it and I'm fucking good at it. 
and suck it up. And now the AFL's like, well, you can't tell us what to do. Like, Exactly. We, They're on their high horse. Yeah, we own you. But he's like, well, just because he's out there and vocal about it doesn't mean you can just target him to not give free kicks. Yeah, he plays a villain role. If this was like a, a love child of the AFL, no way they'd be sucking. But like, that's probably what it is with Joel Selwood. People like him. Jack Ginnivan gets in people's faces. He talks shit on Instagram. Like He does what he wants and the people aren't happy about it. That's why they're addressing it now. And old mate, love boy Joel Selwood got away with it for his entire career. Mm, I think many would agree with you, Rick. So uh, let's see what happens towards the end of the year, but we may have a future rant if this continues. Is this going to be a regular segment, Craig? Craig's uh, what grinds his gears? Oh, we can add what grinds Craig gears, but there would be a lot. We would need a whole podcast for that some weeks. (laughs) But uh, if something ever comes up, it might be sporadically put in, depending on what uh, is on my mind that week. Alrighty. Now, we did this the other week. Obviously, Rick wasn't here last week, so we didn't get to do the Would You Rathers. But Rick has got a different kind of Would You Rather, apparently, this week for us. So what do you got, Rick? So this week, we have the Nick Dacos gauntlet. Let's see how far Nick Dacos can go back against his top three draft class over the last five years. And you tell me when he's not the player that you would keep, and then that player continues to run the gauntlet, and we will do this back until like most of the players are retired. Are we talking from a fantasy point of view, or just if this is my team, who would I rather in and real life? Is this also only due to their first year, or just all like all time? No, currently. So like his current, what his current value is against these players' current value. Okay. Alrighty. All right. So we open up. So Nick Dacos versus Rochelle. Oh uh, well, Nick Dacos is is the better player right now. So I'm taking Dacos. Hundred yeah, hundred percent agree. I don't think anyone's going to disagree with that right now. Dacos. Oh, let me just also clarify. If it's a draw. I will be the third-party vote to settle the dispute. All right, well, uh, guess what? So that means you just want to pick Bailey Smith when Greg and I say... Bailey Smith was in the top three, so this conversation <laughs> won't come up. All right, so next, Jason Horn francis Yeah, well, he's got him covered right now. Yep, 100% agree, Dacos. Archie Perkins. Yeah, he's got him covered too. He's done more in like one game than Perkins has done in two years. Yep. Sam Berry. Has got better, but... He laid 17 tackles and lost. Dacos had 40 touches and three goals and one. So, see you, mate. Yep, Dacos. Yep, I'm still in agreement. Errol Goulden. Has been better, but no. His his body of work doesn't measure up to Dacos' first 17 games. Dacos as well. Luke Jackson. Has a grand final medal and played extremely well in a grand final. So, we are getting into more dangerous territory, but... On the big stage, I'm not doubting Dacos could do that also. So, Dacos for me still. I would probably also say Dacos. This is, like I said, he's getting into some questionable territory, but they are such different players as well. Yeah, I've still got Dacos going, so yeah. let's keep rolling. Matt Rowe. Yeah, oh, see you later, Fatty. <laughs> see you yeah. later, Ginger Ninja. Noah Anderson. Ooh, <laughs> um, uh, I'm, I'm still going Dacos. I'm a big fan of Noah Anderson. And he's really started to hit form in the last couple of weeks. But I would take Dacos because he just uses the ball a bit better. Same, I'm still on Dacos. Connor Rosie? Yeah, well, what, six weeks ago, Connor Rosie wouldn't have even been in this conversation. So Dacos, yep. Yeah, Dacos, he's hit, he's hit form, Rosie, but took too long this year. Bailey Smith? Now, we have to take as, an as objective much, view. Objective as, view. As much as, as much as we give Rick shit, I probably would say right now I'd take Bailey Smith. I would have to agree. Bailey Smith was doing what Dacos was doing before Dacos started doing it. So 
Bailey Smith's been doing it longer for me. The same thing, but longer. Just so you know, I literally had Dacos still ahead, but we'll move on with Bailey Smith now. So now it's Bailey Smith running the gauntlet. Mm-hmm. All right. Sam Walsh. Sam Walsh for me. Yeah, Sam Walsh. Easy. Uh, love that bloke. He is an elite footballer in every regard. Yeah, so this is where Dacos lost for me. So Sam Walsh moves on running the gauntlet now. I think, I think that's pretty. that's a pretty fair... Fair run for Dacos, though, all the way up for Sam Walsh. Yeah, so he's literally, we, we've agreed that he's the best player since 2018 pick one. Basically, yeah. Yeah, basically. If you, if you say that, like, then 100%. Yeah. yeah, that's exactly yeah. what we said. Yeah, that's why we're just running the gauntlet. We'll see how yeah. far people I like, go. I like this segment. All right, so now we're, we're playing Sam Walsh verse. So LDU, Luke Davies Uniac. Walsh for me. Yeah, Walsh. I don't know if there's many players going to pick off Walsh yet. Andrew Brayshaw. Oh, he may have hit one earlier than I thought I we would. you might have stumped me on my last comment. But I would still take yeah. Sam Walsh based on what he did last year versus what Brayshaw's doing this year. Oh, I'm going to I'm gonna say Walsh, and you'll probably find out later in the podcast why. Yeah, I'll say Walsh, but it is borderline at this point in time now. Yeah, I had Sam Walsh as well. Um, I've done it better for longer. This is Brayshaw's first big year. What if he has a year and he... Drops off. Sam Walsh has already produced like three good years. Good point. All yep, right. Now, agreed. this is the last gauntlet challenge for this week, and then we'll move further down the list. So, it is Sam Walsh versus Aaron Norton. Well, I know Craig absolutely loves Norton, but still, it's it's Walsh for me. Oh, Why do you have to do this for? There's like two of my loves like going head to head. Um, I will take Sam Walsh because I think... He can turn the game out of the middle before the ball gets to Norton, but I don't really feel confident in that choice. Well, that's interesting because I had Aaron Norton down, so Craig's pick of Sam Walsh moves him through to next week, boys, so we'll continue the gauntlet next time. But I do have three uh, other uh, would-you-rathers just to go back to the original theme of it. Oh, actually, there's four. So right now, at your respective club, so Collingwood or the Crows, would you rather get Alistair Clarkson or Tim Taranto? Tim Taranto for me. Uh, coach is doing just peachy. Um, yeah, Taranto, Dacos, Pendleby, Crisp, Adams. Oh, that's a tasty midfield to me. Under Craig McRae, that is. I'd probably take Taranto as well. I think we we started the season well. We've just hit a bump during the road, and I think we'll come back next year, so I'll take Taranto. Fair enough. Craig, would you rather support Crows or Port? It, it honestly changes on a yearly basis, but right now, the Crows, I am supporting more than I am supporting Port. All right, Pete, would you support Port or Collingwood? That is a really tough question. <laughs> Just so everyone knows, I'm a Port supporter, Pete's a Crow supporter, Craig's a Collingwood supporter. That's why I've asked these specific questions. I think it'd have to be Port just because it's an SA team and you've got to keep it, got to keep it home. Yeah, I kind of agree with you, but I would go for Collingwood. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you would say that. You're a one-eyed, one-eyed Port fan. No, if I couldn't go for Port, if I had the Adelaide Crows or Collingwood, I'd go for Collingwood. But it's mainly just because SA doesn't get all these superstar talents, and like it, it's a bit, it's a bit crappy, really. So what you're saying is you only want to barrack for a team that's good. Yeah, are you going to go support North Melbourne? <laughs> oh, that's a conversation for another week, that is for sure. Yeah. All right, here's the last would you rather. So, we've already spoke about him. He ran the gauntlet so long. Nick Dacos is an absolute stud. But if you had the choice of Nick Dacos or Zion Williams from the NBA to recruit to play football, who would you take and why? So, just for some context, boys. So, Zion Williams, he's like been injury prone for the last two years in the NBA. He's still got a $250 million Supermax because he's an absolute jet. He's only 22 years old. 
He's a meter 98 and he weighs 130 kilos and he moves like a he moves better than an AFL midfielder. So would you rather Dacos or Zion Williams and why? Are we taking Zion Williams as he is with no AFL ability and just his athletic ability? Right now, Zion Williams says, I'm going to come play for your club, but you can only have him or Nick Dacos. What one would you take? Well, that all depends on where your club is at. As well. I would take Nick Dacos because I don't know if Zion Williams could do what he's doing better right now. If I, if you said Nick Natnui or Zion Williams are the same big, tall, athletic kind of player, then I would say... Zion Williams, because I think he's got more tricks to his bow, maybe. Yeah, but when you compare Nick Natanui to Zion Williams, think about Nick Natanui wouldn't even win one ruck hit out against Zion Williams. Like, 10 out of 10 times, he would lose. Like, you're talking about Nick Nat is like, yeah, he's athletic, but we're talking about, like, top-tier athleticism of the NBA. As if he's 130 kilos at 198. And he can, like, jump, slam, dunk, And still as athletic as he is. That is is fucking insane. Yeah. It is. I'm taking Nick Dacos, though, but... Yeah, I think you'd have to take Dacos because of the, the lack of ability from Zion. Nah, see, I disagree with you, boys. I'd go with the athleticism. You imagine you put him at fullback, what our AFL full forward's going to outmark him. You put him at full forward, he's going to be clunking marks like you've never seen before. Yeah, marking and you're a, just marking a kick. football is completely different. Can he kick it after what, he marks so he can it? Ca- he can catch a basketball with one hand, which is bigger than a football. You don't think he can catch a football? I don't think he can kick a football. What? Get him some kick training. He's going to be. He's going to have, imagine like Aaron Norton takes all these contested marks. You're talking about someone who's more athletic than anyone you've ever seen in football before. Like, think about it. We're never going to get super athletes like this because the money's not in our sport. Oh, well, you're right. Not unless they're Australian and all the best tall athletic athletes go on the basketball court in America. You're right. Yeah. Oh, okay. Super athletic Australians. Ben Ben Simmons. Did he play AFL or did he play basketball? Like if Ben Simmons played AFL, he'd probably dominate too. He's like six foot 11, super athletic. I but, just feel like, yeah, like it's just, just an interesting topic. It would be very interesting to see Zion Williams nutting it out in one of the AFL teams. <laughs> I, I would be for it. If he wants to come over for a hundred grand a year compared to eighty million a year, then hey, bring him on over. It depends how much salary cap you got left in your in your team, I suppose. That's exactly right. All right, any more would you rather's Rick, or is that it for the week? No, that's wrapped up for the week. All right, now you mentioned it before, you said Jake was your proxy and he won so you've won a quiz. Now we said it before, but it is that is absolutely bullshit. All right, you haven't won a quiz, um, but you can possibly redeem yourself today. Wait, wait, wait. Because it was Collingwood versus Crows, I have actually come up with a super quiz for you two. I'm not here to take part in the quiz. I'm here to take over the quiz this week. Bombshell. What the hell? Okay. The I quiz didn't... has any rules, Pete. You said it. This is a new rule. I'm taking over the quiz the game this week. The weekend. <laughs> well, let's see who's the true fan. You as a Crow supporter or Craig as Collingwood? All right. Here we go. What AFL player broke the tackle record this week? Craig. Pete. Damn it. Led. Correct. Pete, you get a chance for one point. How many tackles, tackles did he make? Even. One all. What Collingwood player had the most tackles this week? Craig, Jack Crisp. Incorrect. Pendlebury? Incorrect. Uh, Craig Lipinski did. Correct. Pete, how many tackles did he make? Seven. Incorrect. 13. Mm, he did. 2-1. Who was the highest goal kicker in this game? Craig. Nick Dacos? Incorrect. Walker? Correct. How many goals did he kick, Craig? Five. Oh, Pete got it. Any free rules go? Three, two, Pete's way. I was going to say four, so like you said, five. <laughs> As the teams combined, what team had more tackles? 
Pete Crows. Incorrect. Craig oh, Collingwood. As, as if. Craig as if. Collingwood. As if. What, Laird got 20 and Barry got 17 and Collingwood still had more tackles. Yeah, but that was it. It dropped we off. We are fucking shit. All, all the Collingwood players like laid out heaps of tackles. We play a team game, Peter, not two-man team over there. <laughs> all right. You've got a chance to get the points back. What was the tackle differential? <laughs> oh, jeez. Is this a higher or lower? Or? No, nah, you just get one guess. Pete, 35. 19. That's not a bad guess. I mean, that's not, this wasn't terrible. I don't even know what the score is now. I think it's 3-3. I think so. Let's just say that anyway. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so now we have over or under, unders for your team's leading disposal getter for the year. So first of all, who do you think yours is? Like, oh, so Crows. Crows is lead. One point. How many does he have, over, under or lower? You could have guessed. Laird has, for the whole year? For the year. For the year, about just over 500. No, I want an exact number. Oh, 519. Lower. 495. Higher. 507. Lower. 501. Higher. 503. Lower. 50. <laughs> Craig. 504. No, 502. <laughs> Correct. 4-3? That, that wasn't a bad guess. 519 straight off the bat. No, that was pretty good. <laughs> All right, so now over to Collingwood. Who's their leading disposal getter? It would be Pete's mate, Jack Chris, probably. Incorrect. Really? It would not be Pete's mate. It would oh, be Dacos. Correct. That's a point. So that's four four. And now, how many disposals does he have? He wouldn't have that many. Oh, not not as much as Laird. Four forty. Higher. Really? Four seventy four. Lower. Ooh. Four fifty five. Lower. Four forty seven. Higher. Four fifty one. Higher. Four fifty four. Lower. Four fifty two. Higher. <laughs> 4.53. Bingo. <laughs> that makes it 5.64. Something like that. 5.464. Yeah. We all know that's going to be last question wins anyway. All right. So name the two current games holders for the Crows. It's a draw on 333 games. Craig. M- Mark Rusciuto, is he one of them? Current players. Oh, current. Current, current players. I was thinking yeah. all time. No, Sorry. not all time. Current. Oh, they have played the most games. Uh, Rory Sloan would be one, and Tex Walker is probably the other. Bingo. Two points. So, 6-6. Six, 6-6. Six. Six, six. Last question wins. What team had more scoring shots? Pete Crows. Incorrect. Craig? Did Fremantle play this? <laughs> Collingwood. Incorrect. Pete? The same. You're the winner <laughs> with the trick question. <laughs> All right, Rick's quiz, not a bad addition. I guess we'll roll straight from Rick's quiz into Pete's quiz because he worked hard on his questions this week. But also, Rick just, I I think, I I like the quiz. I think the only reason you did that, though, is because you don't want to fame up to losing again. (laughs) Pretty much. He is definitely three weeks off that tattoo. I haven't watched uh, any football games this weekend. I have kept up with no news either. Well, guess what? You don't have to keep up with news uh, because... It's not relating to this weekend at all. All right. Question. We're going to go straight into it. Question one. Which player now plays the KFC drums at Port Adelaide Home Games? Alira Lira. All right. Rick, one, zero. Question two. Which is the team that never lets you down? Craig. Craig was first. Navy Blues. Navy Blues. Correct. One, one. Question three. Who was the runner-up in last year's 2021 Grand Final? You got Western Bulldogs. Okay. Yeah. I'll take that. Take that. Two, one. Question four. Who was the last team to win consecutive grand finals? Craig. Craig. Hawthorne. Incorrect. Craig. 
Oh, you no, you can't. It's Rick's turn. Well, fucking... <laughs> Who was that? <laughs> it was more obvious than I thought. I didn't yeah, think that. Yeah, that. Uh, I yeah. thought too not far back in that. Yeah, you didn't think far, far back. back. You, you thought too far back. Yeah, it's I did. a bit more recent. It's got to be time out. Oh, I'm giving you, out. Give you two seconds. Incorrect. Back to Craig. Craig, it was Richmond, obviously. Yeah, it was It was Richmond. Rick, that was fucking horrible. Yeah, that was back. <laughs> I right. would love if we won back to back. That would be amazing. <laughs> two, two, but bonus point for this. Which years did they win consecutively? Rick. 2016, 2017. Incorrect, Craig. Craig, 2017, 2018. Incorrect, Rick. 2018, 2019. Incorrect, Craig. Craig, 2019, 2020. Bingo, 3-2 to Craig. I fucking knew it, too. All right, this question also has a bonus point to it. Question five. Which two teams are missing out on the top eight only by percentage? Rick. Rick. Port Adelaide and Western Bulldogs. Incorrect. Craig, St. Kilda, and the Western Bulldogs. Correct. Bonus, uh, so that makes it 4-2 to Craig. Bonus point, which team is currently in the top eight only by percentage? Craig, Richmond. Correct. 5-2, is this going to 5-2? Usually I make a comeback, so this is rare. But Last however, question wins anyway. There is a decider question, no, and always is. it's, it's worth, 5-2, and guess what? It's worth four points. Legitimately, the question has four answers, and you get one point per Answer. Okay, what we're going to do is I'm going to ask a question. Whoever buzzes in first gets to answer. So I need four answers and you can continue guessing until you get one wrong and then it moves on to the next person. Does that make sense? Yes. All right. Since the year 2000, there have been four players who have won two Brownlow medals. Who are they? Rick. Go for it, Rick. I'm right, ready. Here we go. I'll let you get the hard, easy so ones. You, and you get to keep guessing until you get one wrong. Nat Fife. Yep. Gary Ablett. Yes. Chris Judd? Yes. I'll tell you what, and because this quiz is a little bit biased, I'll give you a hint. He was mentioned last week in a question on the podcast, and he won a Brownlow this year with two other people. He Don't won say the- any more, Peter, you that's, cheat. That's, that's your hint. If you listen to the last week's podcast, which you're a part of, but obviously you're away. I'm giving you five, five seconds. You've got three points. What was the hint again? So he's drew for the Brownlow medal. He has won the Brownlow medal. With two other people before. All right. Adam okay. Nuts. Oh. <laughs> oh. All right. I'm going to give it to him. But that means that it's 6 6. <laughs> and nah, that, was, that was the desired question. So that means Rick wins the quiz. Fuck yeah. Let's go, boys. Je- uh, Craig, get your Jack Ginnivan tattoo. I'm coming for five straight wins now, boys. <laughs> I'm going to get it nice and high, that Jack Ginnivan, just above the shoulders there. All right, there you go. Rick wins his first ever quiz, even though he reckons it's his second one because Jake was in last week. But first quiz, he finally doesn't have to get a tattoo because he didn't lose five in a row. Uh, Before we go into this fantasy talk, uh, we mentioned it last week, but I'm going to say it again and get Craig's opinion. The Jack Graham watch. All right, so he must have listened to the podcast last week, Craig, from your advice because he got 96 points against... North Melbourne on the weekend, only three tackles, 14 kicks, eight handballs, six marks. So 24 disposals. What do you reckon? <sighs> Unfortunately, I have to give Jack Vin- uh, Jack Graham props <laughs> this week for his effort. But at the same time, I'm bringing him down a peg. Jack Graham was on 50 points at three-quarter time when the game decided he decided he wanted to play. He put up a 50-point last quarter. What was he doing for the other three quarters? 
Sweet fuck all. I can't guarantee every week he's going to put up a 50-point last quarter to be relevant. More than likely would have got a 70-75 if he just played his normal game. Jack Graham gets me this week, but I'm not overly worried when he put up a 50-point last quarter. Shouldn't you be more impressed that he was one of the players for Richmond that actually genuinely tried to bounce back against North Melbourne when they were losing? No, I'm disappointed because he's one of the players that lost to North Melbourne and it's his fault that they weren't put away in the first half because he was too busy fart-assing around doing Jack Graham sweet nothings like he does every other week. Jack Graham, you might have got the points on me this week, but it's not a respectful 98. It's a, it's a uh, glossed over 98 as far as I'm concerned. So can you either agree or disagree with this, but you're essentially saying fuck you, Jack Graham? Well, I mean, as a fantasy player, yeah, fuck you, Jack Graham. <laughs> like, you're no good to anyone's team. And if by now they are, people are trying to trade for him, that's probably the worst fantasy advice you'll ever get from this podcast, and I apologize. All right. Now, we know, I know we've just done a would you rather, but I'm going to do a would you rather kind of head-to-head for a fantasy fantasy pick. So these two players haven't played against each other this year because um, one of them didn't play when they played each other. So there's no head-to-head score to go against, but I'll get your opinion first, and then I'm going to give you some stats to um, see how we go. All right. Rory Laird versus Andy Brayshaw. All right. Now, this would you rather, the context is fantasy. You're coming into finals. You're in contention for the flag, and you can only have one of these players. Keeper league or non-keeper league? Keeper league. Like, say, say our current league. Brayshaw, just because of the keeper aspect. They're scoring similar enough that I would be willing to take a little bit less from him. Still try to win the flag, but have the better player long term. If it was single season, Rory Laird all the way. In a... Real life scenario right now, I would have Andrew Brayshaw because he has the higher ceiling. And if I'm trying to win the flag, I need that higher ceiling of 180-ish points that I could get grand final day. That is why I pick him. Okay, well, all right, going on from that. So Brayshaw does have the higher ceiling, but he also has the bottom floor as well from the two players. I agree. You have to risk it to get the biscuit as... Mm. I would be doing to win the flag. I can't just take a consistent 110, 115 from Laird. I need a 180 captain if I'm going to win the flag. All right, so just some stats here for you boys. Uh, disposals. Laird, 35.5 averaging, second best in the league um, compared to 30 disposals for Brayshaw. Uh, kicks. Brayshaw wins a kicks. Laird's got the Laird's are top in the league for handballs. Brayshaw beats him in marks. Tackles, Laird is 8.3, which is the third best in the league. Um, total clearances is 7.4 to Laird to 4.3 to Brayshaw. And contested possessions is uh, Laird is almost at 15 and uh, Brayshaw is only at 9. However, meters gained per game, Brayshaw is 405 and Laird is 330. Yeah, but you just said Laird hand passes a lot, Brayshaw kicks. Exactly. Um, with what you're going by, it'd be interesting to actually see who's the better super coach player, um, just from the what you've given us. Because, like, obviously in normal fantasy, we don't take into account the... Um, disposal efficiency. Disposal well, efficiency. I've, I've got that stat that. too. So they're both, they're both averaging the same TOG for the season, and they're both averaging, give or take, like 0.2%. As disposal efficiency. So their disposals and time on ground, disposal efficiency and time on ground is basically the same. So realistically, you're pretty much telling us Brayshaw's a better player. It's not hard to nail small hand passes. Brayshaw's nailing more kicks. You already said he makes more marks. 
Rory Ledge tackle numbers are inflated just from last weekend alone. So that'll probably drop him not out of the top 10, but it'll drop him at least to third. Uh, out of third, I mean. Yeah, I just think too many handballs in the finals is too risky for me. I'll take the kicks uh, and the high ceiling from Brayshaw. So uh, I would have Brayshaw this year in particular. Um, if it was last year or any other year, I'd take Laird in a heartbeat. Okay, so Brayshaw's lowest score was last round of 78, and he has dropped under 100, to- 100 points just uh, six times this year, with three of those also being under 90 points. All right. Laird has not dropped under 90 all year, and he's only dropped under 100 three times, and there was one of those was about 99. The rest, above 100, uh, sorry, he's only dropped under 115 about three times. How many 140 pluses does Laird and Brayshaw have? Because I think Laird, I'd be surprised if he's gone over 140, even with 20 tackles. I've got the, he got 163 on the weekend with the 20 tackles. Shit, did he? Yep. Okay. He had 20 tackles. That's 80 fantasy points. Yeah, but so it's- You're uh, right. That is- Just just give me a sec. I got, you want how long, you want over what? Well, over 140s. These are the crucial stats that they oh, use. So over 140, Laird has only got the one, which is the 163. Mm-hmm. And Brayshaw has only got 140 over twice this year. Ah, sorry, three times, right? Yeah. But Laird has not dropped under 115 for most of the year, where Brayshaw has gone down from, so for example, round 17, got 144. Last week, 78. That is a massive drop to the ceiling. Bailey Smith has more 140 pluses than Rory Laird. <clears throat> Uh, Rory Laird Rory is clearly this year the more consistent player. He is the more consistent, but in my grand final, I don't need consistency. I need a win. I need the best week out of everyone at the exact same time to win. He's not going to get 20 tackles in pissing down rain every so, week. Yeah, all right. One last stat before we move on. So the last five-game average for the two players, Brayshaw, 112, Laird, 136. Just with those stats, any change of the mind? No, like I said, if it's keeper league, I would do Brayshaw just because he's going to be around longer. He's going to get better. If it's single season, I'd take Laird every day of the week. Yeah, also Brayshaw is 22 compared to Laird 28. So obviously, like I said, keeper league is probably going to take Brayshaw. Yeah, I'm but not this really thinking itself- about it. If I'm in the finals right now, this is who I want in my team right now for the finals. I want that higher ceiling chance, which is like a, what is it, three out of 17 15% chance to get a really big score as a captain, I guess. No, I disagree. Even if it was, sing- uh, even if for just right now, I would prefer a lower, uh, the higher floor just because you've still got 20 other players. Like one player can like dunk you if they, like if your best player and you're already saying you're throwing captain on him, if he scores 70, your captain's getting 140. If Laird's averaging 136 in his last four, what he's going to get you a floor of 120 because of his form, that's 240. You're talking about like, potential 100 points difference in your captain now. I am talking a potential that, but I don't think Laird's going to get 163 every week. You take that out of his numbers, he's suddenly down to a 120 or 118 average. His, so. his last five games, he's got uh, 125, 129, 136, 132, and 163. That's what I just said to you, though, Craig. If he scores 120... Well, if he's scoring them in his last five, then he is the player to pick. That's obvious. Yeah, because then Brayshaw's last five is 141, 80... 120, 144, 78. So basically, week yeah, to week there, reward. it's high, high, high and low. But it is like risk you said, versus reward. But I, having known Craig for a very long time, I know that he is someone that would go all bang in the grand final. So regardless if it's going to be a bottom score, he's going to want someone that has the potential to go big just to get the W. 
maybe even have Brayshaw just don't throw the C on him because if he at least does ta- like dunk it, then you don't have to worry about it actually costing you the game. But if you're choosing Brayshaw to go on your fantasy team for finals, you're going to be putting the C on him because you're picking him because he's got the high ceiling. Well, I know Jake's who does have him has almost rode him as captain all season. So rode the highs and rode the lows. And when he rode the high, he got the highest fantasy score in our league by a good 90 points. And that score is only one over 1,900 all year. And that is why I would pick Brayshaw for that exact reason. If he goes 180, that is your flag, signed, sealed, and delivered. He also had uh, Riley O'Brien and Tom Stewart that round go 180 and 160. He did, but he had a 180 captain, which was Brayshaw, whereas no one else has managed to have all of that happen in the same week or a 180 captain get you 1,900 points. All I see from Rick is fifth place, and that's what a fifth place person would say. Where are you, Craig? Uh, Near the bottom, but I've won a flag, Rick, so <laughs> I don't... Uh, I don't, I've clearly rebuilt this year, so that hurts me nothing. Coming in with zero premierships, you should be trying to win a flag now, Rick. You watch my team in the next two years, brother. They're going to be exploding. They're ready to go. Now, while we're on the quick fantasy uh, topic, Rick all year has been saying he was the superior fantasy team um, by a long way, uh, the two new teams. Now, looking at the ladder as it comes to finals, I believe there's only two games between Rick's superior all-conquering fantasy team and the other fantasy team coached there by Riley. can confirm only two games. Two games, games for the superior fantasy team. It sounds to me like Rick is full of SHIT other than he was the superior fantasy team this year, so I will give him that. I'll just, just say there that he's um, just looking at the ladder now. He is fifth. He has scored... Almost about 900 more points this year than... Why are you bringing that up in my argument? This is my argument. And and don't embarrass yourself. The other difference is the median age of my team is about 24. The median age of Riley's team is about 37. And they're only two games apart for that really median young age, isn't it? So age doesn't mean everything when your team's still shit. Yeah, but my team's going to be around as is for another five or five or so years. He's he's already trading out some of his older players trying to get younger now because he didn't win it this year. He went all in on this year. I started this year knowing that I was going to be building a team for the next few years, and my right. team's better than yours. <laughs> <clears throat> Where did you end up? Well, you end up with second or bottom, Craig. So that means you've got uh, Will's pick uh, for the first round, don't you? And you've got so you're going to have pick one and two. Uh, yeah, I prepared for Will Ashcroft early in the year. I knew he was coming in. I tried to target who I thought would be down the bottom of the ladder other than myself when I fully knew I was rebuilding, um, unlike Rick, who is building. Um, so Will Ashcroft will be taking pick one. That will not be traded at all over the summer. Um, pick two will be up for grabs potentially for the right offer. But uh, pick one is Will Ashcroft, and that's just not going anywhere, full stop. You can put that in your fantasy 2023 calendars. He'll be part of the Wolfpack in 2023. Are they still going to be the Wolfpack in 2023? Uh, There may be a new name change coming uh, with Will Ashcroft and Dacos headlining the team, but uh, that's still to be determined. But there are a few things in the works. But uh, we're very excited to have a nice young star-studded list at the current Wolfpack. Right, so in our Keeper League, we've just finished. Uh, the last round was the last round of the regular season. We're moving into finals now. There was a pretty hot trade weekend because the trade window closed at midnight on Sunday. There was two teams in the top 
four, or, oh, sorry, in the finals that made a trade. So one of them who finished top of the league was Guns and Rosie. He traded Bramble and Bergman for Boak into his team. What do you guys think about that trade for the finals? He got what he needed from the trade. So he he's going to be playing Travis Boak. So um, I'm not sure who he, that actually takes out of his team, but he's looking at another plus 20, plus 25 points per game. He gave up someone that he probably wasn't even going to keep in his keeper 23. So win-win for him. Yeah, I think Boak makes his team better in the midfield. He's averaging 99 and probably averaging a bit more over the last couple of weeks. So that's a smart play for the finals. And the other team that made a trade was Tyrannical, Jake, who was on last week. He received Cornelio and he gave up Zach Bailey and a 2023 fifth rounder. Now, personally, I think Jake absolutely nailed this trade. I think that is a really good get considering Cornelio is just going to be better. He's going to be a top midfielder next year anyway. So that is a great get, in my opinion. Yeah, Cornelio is a forward and his forwards, he had one there sitting that was about 70 uh, odd points. I was sitting with him as he was talking to me about trades. I didn't know this one was going on, but um, looking at his team, that is a 30-point upgrade straight away. Um, and Canelio's form's as good as any. So uh, smart move for now and for probably the next two or three years with Canelio as well. Yeah, Zach Bailey's really dropped off. Jake's got a, like, obviously he finished second, a third. Third. Equal second, yeah. Yeah, so he finished equal second. The thing is, Zach Bailey would have been one of his keepers last year, but the way that he's performed this year, I don't even know if he would make his list again. So once again, trading out someone that he probably wasn't even planning on keeping for someone that he'll definitely keep. Yeah, and we'll help him in finals. So, uh, smart move. And Riley gets a few younger players in his team, Zach Bailey. See how he goes, I guess. Uh, Not finals related, but there was another trade that happened um, during the week. I'm just trying to find it here. Uh, One of our teams, Riley, we spoke about before. He traded receiving Grundy. And the other team got... A 2023 first rounder and a 2024 second rounder. What do you think that how that trade went given Grundy's form this year? Uh, Grundy is still a starting ruckman in every league. Um, do you think he's worth a first and second rounder? I thought for right now, if you got a first for Grundy, I thought that would be probably about fair. Maybe a a, a top five first would probably be about right. It was a a fifth placed or a pick number five he got this year and a future second, which could be anywhere from probably 11 to 15. Um, I think the value is probably slightly overs for what Grundy's currently worth, but Grundy's still got a five-year deal on him and I think wherever he ends up will still be the number one Ruckman. So uh, it's not a bad deal for either team really. No, I think if anything, I I believe he actually got Brody, Brody Grundy pretty cheap. So, like, you talk about Brody Grundy sucked this year. He's averaging 98 before he got mm. injured. So, you're talking about 100 Ruckman, and you're saying, oh, he's playing shit. So, his good football is 110, 120. Yeah, when, when, I, when I say shit, though, I mean shit compared to his previous years. Yeah, well, he didn't even, like, by the time he got going and started pumping out the biggest scores, he got injured. So, like, the thing, the problem is, it, it, this is a risk-reward trade, because realistically, what if Brody Grundy doesn't get out of Collingwood next year and he splits 50-50 Ruck with Cameron? He could be like an 80 Ruckman at best next year, or he could go to a club that struggles and he could become like the number one Ruckman in the game again. Like it's risk reward. I was actually trying to trade for Grundy. I didn't offer that much, but my deal wasn't enough. So I I was after him. I have faith that he'll be a good player. Um, So yeah, probably win-win trade. 
Um, Fig Jam is rebuilding anyway, so he might as well cash out on some of his chips. And yeah, probably Brody Grundy probably doesn't really fit Riley's age demographic because um, he did try to make his team younger and now he's bringing in older players. But um, I'm not sure who his starting Ruckman is, but I'm definitely Brody Grundy's going to be a big upgrade for him. Yeah, so, I think he had a Blitzarts. Yeah, Blitzarts is starting Ruckman. And Tom Hickey's his back, backup Ruck. Well, Blicklabs won't be a Ruckman next year, so it's probably a really good trade for him. Yeah. Yeah, I would have thought so. Starting Ruckman and Blitzarts back to the back line makes his team stronger overall. Uh, so just before Craig mentioned he's going to take Will Ashcroft as his number one pick for next year. Now, on the weekend, he got 38 disposals, 10 clearances, 10 inside 50s and a goal, averaging 33 disposals in three games for the Vic Metro team. He is being placed as a clear-cut number one player in the draft pool this year um, and every bit as dominant as top mids like Walsh, McCluggage, Rao and Dacos is what we saw on Twitter on the weekend. What do you guys think? Oh, he's going to be an absolute stud. I agree. Like, I would say he's probably going to be more than McCluggage. You're talking top tier. You're talking like Sam Walsh, um, Nick Dacos level straight off the bat more than McCluggage and that. The only problem is going to be if he does go to Brisbane, what is his role going to look like there? Whereas if he went to a lesser team that is not top tier, he'd probably get given more opportunities. That's my only concern with his huge fantasy output. But long term, he's going to be an absolute jet. I think I have the opposite concern to Rick. If he goes to North Melbourne, that could possibly be the worst thing that would happen to his career. We've already seen what happened to Jason Horn Francis going to North Melbourne. You don't want to be at that club if you're a young star because you just do not have the support there at all. Um, if he goes to Brisbane, he'll win a starting job in their team and he could well start off halfback like Dacos has done. Um, I don't see an issue with that at all. And if he does go to Brisbane, I, I see a better year for him next year straight away. Just yeah. as I've, just as I'm reading this tweet again, as it's sitting in front of my computer screen, I think it's a little bit offensive that he says the dominant mids like Walsh, McCluggage, Dacos, and that he's also put Rao in there. Isn't that just a bit offensive? The other midfielders. No, I would have thought that those guys wouldn't want to have Rao in that conversation, especially Dacos wouldn't want to have Rao associated with him because <laughs> he got about fifty fantasy points on the weekend, so he still sucks. That wouldn't be ideal. I know you boys like talking shit about Matt Rao, but when you take into account this is like his first and a half season, minus all of his injuries, you wait till next year when he's not fat and he comes out and he's fucking going to be hungry and he's going to be a beast. Do you want to do you want to wager on this Matt Rao? No. <laughs> so you don't have no confidence in him because Matt Rao is still going to be shit next year. Um, back to the original topic anyway. So with Will Ashcroft, the only other thing about being at Brisbane is – there's only so much footy that's going to go around. And Lockie Neal isn't a player who dishes it off with a lot of hand passes. He gets the ball and he kicks it himself. So with Will Ashcroft, he's going to have to be good enough to get his own ball. I haven't seen him play enough. But is he more classy outside or is he more inside get it himself? I don't think he Will Ashcroft have quite the, the game that Nick Dacos does. Doesn't have the exact same polish, but he does play inside ball. Um, he does inside 50 uh, numbers quite consistently. Um, I think he can play him in a variety of roles, um, but I don't know if he's going to be... Oh, I don't know if anyone can produce what Nick Dacos has done, but given the right role, you never know. But his dominance in every game and every level is is uh, unmatched this year, so I, I'd be very hard-pressed to think that he wouldn't have a good start next year. Yeah, you just got to remember, though, he's going to be in the midfield with Lockie Neal, McCluggage, Jared Lyons. 
Dane Zorko, Cam Rayner gets his piece, Zach Bailey gets his piece. So, like, what? Like, if he goes to North Melbourne, he's going to play midfield. If he goes to Brisbane, he's fighting for scraps. And what's his secondary position? Well, he could play a halfback quite comfortably or a half-four quite comfortably. Probably a halfback role. I think he could do do a uh, Nick Dacos role off halfback quite comfortably. Even a wing role he could probably do quite comfortably. He, he has the tank for it. Um, he's not afraid to get the ball. And his numbers, I think, on the weekend were something outrageous, like 38 touches, 10 inside 50s, one goal, 12 marks, some something ridiculous. Um, I think that, yeah. He he definitely has the tools to be an everywhere, anywhere kind of guy. And I think I don't want him to go to North Melbourne. A few weeks ago, we talked about a fantasy lottery, and this is why I was talking about it. If Will Ashcroft wasn't father-son, unlucky, brother, you're going to North Melbourne and you're going to be in a crusty team. This is why I brought up the fantasy lottery weeks ago. But it is unfair. Like, I agree with you. If he goes to North Melbourne, he's not going to look good. Nick Dacos got to go to Collingwood. He got to go to a good club. That's why he looks good. Jason Francis went to a spud club. That's why he's not looking very good. It's probably why he wants out now. But yeah, I agree. I just haven't watched any enough games of Will Ashcroft to give a big opinion. I just think if he does go to Brisbane, they've got a big, strong engine room. He's going to be in there with someone who's probably going to win the second a second Brownlow this year, like Lockie Neal's hot again. He get He's getting 35 touches a game and he isn't a sharer. He does it all himself. So he's going to be in there and he's going to have to fight for it himself. Considering you're going to take Ashcroft as pick one, next year, what would you be happy with in his first season fantasy-wise averaging? Depending on what club he's at, I think 80 points is probably what you can expect for Will Ashcroft in the first year. I would take 80 comfortably, um, and I think that's just going to catapult him into many 100-plus years down the future. I think this is as fantasy bulletproof as you can get in the draft um, coming up. So again, for those listening that aren't in our league and have the opportunity to trade for pick one, go and get it. Because he's the only player in the draft that you must have. Everyone else is, uh, well, we'll need a lot more research into uh, how good they will be next year. Just uh, a couple of other things fantasy related. The top scorers this round, Laird, 163, we already spoke about him. Dacos, 147 this week, absolute superstar. Um, But Jack Sinclair, 146 this week. This is the second time in three weeks that he's gone 140 plus. What do you guys think of him? I think that if I had a team... I wouldn't, have, James I wouldn't have thought <laughs> that I would trade him away. I would have thought if you came to me and said, maybe would you trade James Warple for Jack Sinclair, I would not really have to think about saying no to that. But some other better teams than me this year might have said yes to that deal. Um, but for me personally, I would uh, be very happy with Jack Sinclair on my team. Although he is 27 He's decided to really produce late. Yeah, especially late in the season as well. He's yeah. boom. So late bloomer, definitely. Yeah. It, one of the reasons I stole him is because last year I did notice he started to get that quarterback role. So anyone that plays fantasy, if you want the good defenders, you need to find whatever team has the quarterback role. So if they're available, someone like Riley Bonner is the quarterback for Port. Jack Sinclair's the quarterback for St. Kilda. You've got Bailey Dale and Caleb Daniel who do the quarterback role for Western Bulldogs. You want that player that they look for for the cheap kick who distributes it out the back line, and that's Jack Sinclair. He's just got that quarterback role. It's the same role that Nick Dacos has right now. He's the smartest, highest IQ, best kick in the back line. They're just going to go to those players, and they're the players that rack it up in defense. Speaking of... Other high scores and rolling on from that, the next high score for this round was 143 with Redmond. 
So once again, I don't think I, I don't watch enough Essendon games to know whether he is the quarterback role, but I do know he takes a lot of marks and Essendon play a pretty kick around the defense uh, strategy. So there's always a few like because Jordan Ridley, I think, went over 100 this week as well. So like Essendon were kicking it around in the back line a bit. But yeah, I don't watch enough Essendon games. Uh, he had a, a reasonable start to the year, but as soon as Essendon started winning, he's just got better than that reasonable start to the year. So if you told me preseason, if I would have picked Jack uh, Mason Redman in my starting team, I would have said probably no. But now I think he's a must-have prospect. Reach out. Rick's reach out. Rick's reach out. Rick's reach out. <laughs> Who are you reaching out to? Have we picked someone that may reply? Let's hope so. No. So, oh. you've, you've had it up your <laughs> knot for the last five weeks talking shit about Bailey Smith. Last week on the podcast, I noticed you were getting a stiffy over Tim Taranto. So, I've reached out to Tim Taranto this week and said, you're the wish version of Bailey Smith. And don't sign for Collingwood or you'll be in Dacos's shadow. Love, Rick. Yeah, well, I want him at Collingwood. Would I have him over Bailey Smith? Now, that is a very good question. I would take Bailey Smith over Tim Taranto. But of who's available, Tim Taranto would suit Collingwood just fine. There you go, Rick. I gave Bailey Smith props there. Doesn't matter. I've got a message from you saying Bailey Smith's the GOAT. Did Taranto respond? I sent it five minutes ago, and right. no, he hasn't responded. Didn't you also say that it didn't allow you to send the message? I reckon he blocked me. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. We will have to reach out on other forums to Tim Taranto, maybe Twitter perhaps, and see if we can't get a reply on there. All right. So if your name is Bailey Smith, James Jordan, Matt Rowe, Luke Jackson, Jack Lacocious, or Tim Taranto, you owe me a message on Instagram. Instagram. 